Did you feel it? Did you catch it? A sense of anticipation, of waiting, of wondering what words would eventually come out of my mouth. Now, my words aren't much worth waiting for, but the word of God, that is a word worth waiting for. Or is it really? Here we are on this first weekend of December 2020, the second Sunday of Advent. And we are worshiping for many reasons. Some of you are joining this virtual worship service out of routine and a weekly discipline. Some of you may be participating out of a sense of obligation. And some may be especially drawn to the Advent and Christmas season. In addition, some may be seeking new meaning in your lives. Some couldn't wait to share in this service. Some couldn't care less, and perhaps others can't wait for it to be over. During this Advent season of waiting and expectation, is ours a wondering waiting or a wasteful waiting? A man walked into a crowded New York City restaurant a few years ago when such things were common. He caught the eye of of a waiter and said, you know, it's been about five years since I came in here. Don't blame me, the waiter quipped. I'm working as fast as I can. I suspect many of us have been through a lot of Advents and Christmases before. And how many of us have wondered if our waiting for Christ to come into our lives is just a big waste of time. After all, we might say to ourselves, it's been a long time since anything dramatic happened. It's been about five years. Participating in church is a waste of time for some people. I know that's none of you, but seriously, many people have given up being part of the church. Perhaps they want real, deep meaning instantly. And part of the slow truth of our faith, and certainly of Advent, is found in waiting. There is little in our culture that teaches us the value and virtue of waiting. Last week, Michael mentioned how he struggles at times with waiting. And I confess, I too struggle with it, especially when it comes to waiting in lines. I always look for the shortest line. And when fighting traffic out on a 405, I always try to find the fastest way. Waiting in line is not one of my strong suits. It's, is it that, that we've been conditioned to expect that practically everything can be instant? From our computers to our smartphones, we want information, emails, and texts right now. And whether it's all that or instant this and instant that, there really is very little we have to wait for. And let's face it, now that we're forced to do most of our shopping online, if something doesn't arrive on the day it's promised, we get frustrated and impatient. You've either heard it or said it yourself, I can't wait to get all my Christmas shopping done. Or I can't wait for Christmas to be over. This year is notably different. Time seems different, and this season seems different. And while it seems to last from Halloween to New Year's, 
how do we make sense of it all? And a thoughtful person might scratch the old noggin and wonder, is there any waiting or a sense of anticipation that is worthwhile? Or is it tolerated as a necessary inconvenience? I submit to you that in the deep down places of our being, everybody is waiting for something. Will my dad live to see another birthday? Will my daughter survive her addiction? Will my spouse ever be happy? Will I ever be happy? Will I ever reconcile with an estranged sibling? Will she ever love me? Can I ever forgive him? Will I ever be able to pay all the bills again? Will I ever have a satisfying career? What about my health? Will the doctor tell me I'm going to be okay? Will the pain in my back ever go away? Will my kids be safe? Will I be taken care of when the time comes? And will I ever know that inner peace and light which others seem to have been touched with? I may not have expressed what it is for you, but I suspect we are all waiting for something. And yet, while most of us are waiting for something, we often shoot ourselves in the foot because we can be so impatient with most of the things we bump up against in life, unless there's an instant fix or quick answer. Dear Winnie the Pooh, reminds us of the need for waiting and expectancy. In the house at Pooh Corner, Christopher Robb has just asked Pooh a question. What do you like doing best in the world, Pooh? Well, said Pooh, what I like the best. And then he had to stop and think. Because although eating honey was a very good thing to do, there was a moment just before you began to eat it, which was better than when you were. But he didn't know what it was called. Pooh knew. If only for a moment, the wonder and joy of waiting. In the days leading up to Christmas, we will celebrate many gifts. Music, decorations, lights, cards, TV specials, virtual worship services, and phone or FaceTime conversations with family and friends. As we gather in whatever small and meaningful ways we can this year, we can also know the wonder of waiting that provides us with a rich opportunity to prepare ourselves to gather round the child. Our current Advent theme encourages us to do just that, to gather round the child. And when we gather around the child, we proclaim that God is with us and that God has come to us, not only to be with us, but to share in our common humanity. In Isaiah chapter 2, we hear one of the most beautiful images expressive of the peaceable reality God so deeply longs for in this crazy, conflicted, and dark world of ours. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. 
Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Last week, Michael encouraged us, not just in waiting, but also in seeking to be disciples of Jesus as part of the Advent journey. In our lives of faith, we are called to follow and reflect the light of Christ. As the Isaiah text says, we are to walk in the light of the Lord. But sometimes, walking in the light of the Lord will demand that at least for periods during Advent, we walk in a light different than the lights of commercialism and the world. Sitting, waiting, and being open are very different from keeping up with all our lists and tasks that have to be done by December 24th. A few years ago, in the devotional booklet we have available at the church called The Upper Room, was this insightful story written by Ronald Johnson. During a heavy downpour, my little sedan whooshed to a stop in the middle of a foot-deep puddle. Anxiously, I tried to start the car, but the engine was soaked. A passerby stopped his truck. Here's what you do, he instructed. Stop cranking the starter before you kill the battery. Just sit and wait. There's enough heat in the engine block to dry out the plugs and wires, but you've got to wait for at least 15 to 20 minutes. And he left. I took his advice and waited 20 minutes, which seemed like an eternity. When I turned the key, the engine started on the first try, and I was on my way. I was reminded by this experience that there may be times in our lives when things come to a complete stop. But in that time, God teaches us a lesson that can be learned only when we are still. We discover that the secret to power and strength for our lives is not in our intense efforts to surge forward, but in our willingness to wait in God's presence for renewal. Sometimes when we have to wait, we wonder, why in the heck do we have to wait? And that is one kind of wondering and waiting. In our text from Matthew, Jesus is talking about the time he will come again. And he says that no one knows, no one here knows, only his father. But he encourages them to wait and watch, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the householder had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have watched and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. In my reading recently, I discovered an interesting aspect about Charles Lindbergh's transatlantic flight. When he completed his flight across the Atlantic, he told of his, flight, his fight against sleep. His little plane, the Spirit of St. Louis, was functioning perfectly, but he could hardly keep his eyes open. He would shake his head, strike his face, but still the extreme fatigue had him in a stupor. 
Lindbergh said there was one thing that kept him awake, and that was the awareness of the seriousness of the crisis. To sleep meant death. To sleep, not physically, but in the life of faith God offers us, risks the possibility of spiritual death. This Advent season, we are called to gather around the child in the wonder of waiting. But darn it, waiting can be darn hard. Children, children often have difficulty waiting, especially at this time of year and leading up to Christmas. And then at the other end of the life cycle come these words, which are engraved over the entrance to a nursing home in Illinois. Come in the evening, come in the morning, come when expected, or come without warning, but come. You see, anyone who visits regularly in nursing homes and hospitals knows the sincerity of that plea and how many people look forward to visitors in their loneliness. And now, even most of those visits have been cut off. It is at times such as these that creativity in staying connected is critical. If each one of us can take some time in the next few weeks to reach out to someone who is especially isolated or lonely, what a difference your contact might make to lift a spirit or put a smile on someone's soul. And this happens not so much by what you say, but simply that you reach out and that you care. Christ wants us to watch and wait like that because his presence is a sign of the deepest caring. But how do we really know when we will meet Christ? Truly, he says to each one of us, as you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Christoph Blumhardt talks about the experience of having to have an intervention of God. That there's no time to make plans for the distant future, today, tomorrow, and always are in a state of readiness for the experience of new things. And each day, we are to be prepared for the greatest event of all, the coming of the Lord. Is that not what each day of Advent is about? Waiting and watching for the extraordinary presence of the Lord in the ordinary places and people of our daily living? The wonder of waiting is an amazing thing. When do some of your best ideas come to you? When you are sitting and waiting? When do you most often reflect on your behavior to make positive changes? When you are waiting and meditating? And when do you know how precious and special a relationship is? When you are waiting to be reunited with that person. If we are not ready, waiting, 
and watching, it is highly unlikely that we will meet that we will meet the presence of our Lord and so many gifts of life. The wonder of waiting. Isaiah, Isaiah tells us to walk in the light God gives. And then in Matthew, Jesus says, wait and watch, for you do not know the day your Lord is coming. For Christ is the light, the light of our insight, the light of our understanding, the light of our path, and the light of life itself. From the deep spirituality of St. Francis, these wonderful words. Light looked down and beheld darkness. Where will I go, said Light. Peace looked down and beheld war. Where will I go, said Peace. Love looked down and beheld hatred. Where will I go, said Love. So came Light and shone. So came Peace and gave rest. So came Love and brought life. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This Advent season, as the Word becomes flesh again, may you truly know the wonder of waiting as we gather round the child once again. Amen.